0: The most important thing is that stories are about a moment of change. You want to really figure out what is the change.
1: Hey there, and welcome to Grit, True Stories That Matter, a weekly podcast on the art and craft of the personal narrative story. Each week, my partner Kurt and I tackle one topic or answer one question as best we can to help you craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories, personal stories, grit stories. Usually, Kurt and I have one feature storyteller, and he and I talk. In an effort to be more inclusive and build this community, we've added some one-on-one interviews. Sometimes it'll be me interviewing somebody, and sometimes it'll be Kurt. This week, it's me talking with Richard Munchkin. I met Richard back in March. He lives in Las Vegas. He's got a rich and interesting life. But mostly today, we're just talking story. Before you hear from Richard though, a couple of things. Kurt's got a class starting real soon, 22nd of February. So if you like this stuff and you want to learn some more, Kurt's a great teacher and a really good guy, check it out in the show notes. We also have a couple of events coming up soon. The next one, this Sunday, a 99 second story slam. You can participate as a storyteller or just hang out and watch. It'll be a lot of fun, I promise. Okay, let's dive in. I met Richard Munchkin in either March or April, probably April of 2020, just after the lockdown. I have no idea how we actually met Richard. Uh, Do you recall how our paths first crossed?
0: I think it was either your first 7x7 or... Mm -hmm. It may have been John Papernick had a storytelling event, and I may have seen you there first.
1: Yeah, you've been one of the handful of people that that have been involved and certainly not only in my stuff, but a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, so I appreciate that. So I'm curious how you first got involved in this style of telling stories or crafting and telling stories.
0: I was living in Los Angeles and I was working in film and television. I want to say it was 15 or, no, it had to be more. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long The Moth has been in existence, but I turned on the radio and heard The Moth and I was just blown away. I don't know how better to describe it. I was blown away. I could Mm -hmm. not believe how interesting I thought it was. And so I became a devoted listener, mm-hmm. and there were no podcasts back then. So it was right. on public radio, and it was on the weekends, and I would tune in every Sunday and, and listen. I, I had moved up north of Los Angeles, so I was about 35 miles north. And I, but I found out that there were moth events three times a month in different parts of Los Angeles at different venues, one on the east side, one on the west side. So I thought, and I hated the traffic, but I thought, you know what, I want to go to one of these and see it live. And so I made the drive down and went to one and I thought I'm going to throw my name in the hat. And I didn't really know much about storytelling. Well, I kind of did because I was working in film and television and I had written screenplays Mm -hmm. and I was somewhat of a writer, although I hated writing. Mm. Writing was usually a vehicle for me to be doing something else like acting or directing. And, and I was part of a writer's group. So I I understood a little bit about structure and Mm. I understood a little bit about economy of words. Mm. When you're writing screenplays, the mantra is: when in doubt, cut it out. Mm-hmm. Anything extraneous you want to get rid of. So I went to the moth. I threw my name in a hat, and I don't remember if it was the first moth I went to or the second, but I got called.
1: Mm. Wait, hang on, and, hang on. What's that feeling like? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, I was. I was excited. I was okay. really excited because you know I'd been an actor since I was thirteen years old, so I, I wasn't really. Uh, nervous about being on stage and, and speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I did have that sort of nervousness and excitement of performing. And and so I got up and I told my story and I didn't win, mm-hmm. but thought it was great. And so, again, because of having kids and living, for, you know, kind of a far away with the traffic, I just did not go that often. I, I went to maybe three moth events during that time. And then uh, I ended up moving to Las Vegas. Uh, another interesting thing that happened was, in listening to the show, you know, the Moth has this pitch line. Yeah. So you can go to themoth.org and yep. if you have an idea for a story, you pitch it. So I pitched them, and I heard back from them. Really. Yeah, they said, we're interested in this story. And, you know, we we try to put together an evening where the stories are somehow related. So you may not hear from us for a while, but eventually we want to do this story. And when we do, like, we would fly you to New York, put you up. You would work with the director on the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, you know, this is, I guess, for a main stage show. And then I want to say a year or two later, a friend calls me up and says, I heard you on the moth. And I'm like, what do you mean you heard me on the moth? And they had used my pitch as an example of what a good pitch should sound like, (laughs) which was funny. I want to say like five years later, I emailed back the person that had emailed me and that I had spoken to. And I said, hey, you know, it's been five years. Uh, are you still interested in this? And they were like, "Oh yeah, we I remember you. I like the story. Eventually, we're going to get to it." I'd have to look it up, but I'm guessing that was that the original, you know, pitch was like 2006 or something. Um, and you know, so and I've still never heard back. Uh, So but the other thing that happened was in 2014, I moved to Las Vegas and I emailed them again and I said, hey, if there is any city in the world that should have the moth, it's Las Vegas. Like people have the craziest stories here. Mm. And at the time, they're like, we're aware of Vegas, but, you know, we have our own way of moving into a city and, you know, you should just start your own story slam. So I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a story slam. Uh, pretty quickly I found a guy who had just started one Mm. uh, called the Las Vegas Story Slam. So I went to him. I was like, hey, I have time. I'm really interested. I will help in any way I can. And he said, great. And then very shortly after that, he had to move. Uh (laughs) So he left town and left me with the Las Vegas Story Slam, which I did. I ran that for two and a half years. And then uh, we lost our venue and then COVID happened. And, but having the at Las Vegas Story Slam, you know, I was telling a story every month. You know, I started thinking a lot more about how to craft these stories and hopefully improving somewhat.
1: So if somebody's listening to this that has, maybe they've been to a slam or they've heard about it, maybe not, and they want to try it, that could be publicly like a slam or another kind of story event, or maybe on zoom or maybe, I don't know anywhere else. Right. I've got this thing that happened last year. I'd love to make a story. Not sure what to do.
0: First of all, I would say just do it. Absolutely do it. And you know, the first time, maybe you're not going to be great, but that's fine. You know, just do it. Um, The second thing is, I think you have to decide what story you want to tell. Right. And, I think a mistake that a lot of people make is they have some giant life story that started when they're they're a kid and they're still dealing with it or whatever. And I would say do not pick that. If you go to a party and you meet new people. I guarantee there are some stories that you tell when you meet new people, when you're just sort of making conversation, either that make people laugh or make people think are interesting or whatever. We all have these stories in our back pocket about things that happened to us, maybe when you were a kid or maybe with your – Spouse, or whatever, just sit down and make a list of those stories that you tell people that you always kind of know, you know, Mm -hmm. this is kind of a good story that I tell people when I meet them or things come up in conversation. The most important thing is that stories are about a moment of change. You want to really figure out what is the change. And you should be able to give a three sentence version of your story. I was lonely, then I went and did a bunch of stuff. I'm not lonely anymore. Another place where people, I think, fail in the beginning Mm -hmm. is they have something crazy happen to them, right? When I was six years old, I went to a serpentorium and got bit in the face by a boa constrictor. That's something just totally crazy, right? So, of course, you're going to have a story about that. But the key then is to figure out... What did you learn from it? How did it change you? What made it different at the end? Mm. That's what you and that's where people kind of don't realize that that's what they need that takes it from an anecdote into right. a story. right. That's the key is look for that moment of change.
1: I want to add something to that because I was in a conversation last night with some friends that have nothing to do with story, and one of the women there said, and you've probably heard this before in storytelling circles or, or teaching or whatever else. I don't really have any stories. One, when you redefine what a story is and it's not just anecdote, it changes the stories that you might have. But also I think tied to that is people tend to think in terms of anecdote, like only these big, wild, exciting things count. Like all right, I've never traveled to abroad and I've never bitten been bitten in the face by a snake and I think it's very difficult for people to know and sometimes it might sound like BS is your life is far more interesting than you probably think it is.
0: Oh, I agree 100%. Right?
1: So a quick example so she says <laughs> this is just so funny to me. Nothing is in, nothing's that interesting in my life. I was a little girl, I was born in Russia. I was <laughs> in an <the> orphanage. <laughs> I was like, no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be an artist. I couldn't be. I came to the U.S. I learned how to be an artist. I got married. No stories there? Uh... <laughs> yeah. All of that, you might not know. I'd have one little nugget where, the, nah, I think we could talk. So I was like, reminded, no, you do have a lot of stories.
0: Yeah, everybody, everybody has a lot of stories. And the other thing I would say is, you know, listen to, listen to stories, and, yeah. and and start listening to them, not just to enjoy them, but think about what it is they're doing. And sometimes, like, there's a great podcast, which is not only good for hearing good stories, but it's also really good for learning, called Speak Up by this guy, Matthew Dix. Yep. And he, wrote, he also wrote a book uh, called Storyworthy, which is excellent. Just off the top of my head, I remember one story he did, and all the story was about was him walking into a gym and dropping a set of keys accidentally, and the person walking out without saying a word just bent over and picked up his keys as he handed them back to them, back to him, and kept walking. That's all that happens in the story.
1: Somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, but you just said story needs change. Do you remember in that case what it was?
0: Yeah, it was. It was basically. About how, as I recall, now it's been a while since I heard it, but I think it was about basically how he's kind of a dick and here this person just did this really random act of, just tiny random act of kindness and it kind of made him stop and think about like not being a dick anymore. you You know what I mean? Again, when you're looking for stories, there are a couple of ways to go about it. One of them is, did anything crazy happen to me? Okay, fine. But the other is, just think about moments in your life where a big change happened. You were working at a job and you thought this was going to be your career. And one day you realized, you know what? I hate this job and I'm going to quit, right? That's a big moment of change. And that's a story.
1: Yeah. And the big stuff makes more sense as a starting point because they're often a little easier to identify or remember. But your example with Matthew Dix was tiny. Tiny. So that those might be a little trickier to find and say, oh, there's a story there. But like you said, if you just do it more and more, I think that becomes a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you know, you start to recognize things that, oh, this might You know, I find that out in the in the world, right? I'm at the gas station pumping gas and the guy at the next pumps just says hello to me and starts talking (laughs) in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, is there a story happening here? Like, I don't know this guy at all. And we just have this great sort of connection for three minutes. And then he drives away and I never see him again. You Uh, know,
1: So the story stuff actually informs the way you are in the world. You might actually behave differently for the for the possibility of a story. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, so and also people, when we think about big moments and small moments, and you say change, it's not only change like I lost weight. It also includes being aware of something you weren't aware of or understanding something, even in a slightly new way. Yeah. A realization. realization. If you if you add that, then then wow, you will have you might have to search a little bit for it, you'll have more and more possible things that you can craft and tell stories just so many
0: yeah and the other thing is when you listen if you listen to the moth and lots of storytelling you know you can listen to their stories and it'll remind you yeah. of your stories and sometimes if you just listen at the end for how they changed yeah you can say to yourself have i ever changed like that yeah you know, did I ever realize I was being a dick and somebody did something and I thought, right. oh, man, you know, I have to stop doing that.
1: One one of the things that I think that makes stories good is often relatability, something universal, right? So, like you're saying, if you're hearing a good story more often than not, oh, I've, I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. I could sure. be a little bit nicer or I deal with loneliness or... I miss somebody like, oh, okay, I get that. And then you could see how they put that together. So they ended up with, oh, that's how it, that's the change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It is an interesting craft. And I think it's not a craft that people really consider a craft like poetry.
0: Well, the people in it certainly consider it a craft, but yeah, yeah, maybe the outside.
1: All right. So uh, let's take that. Let's take that uh, and and go a little bit further with that thread. So I'm a guy I'm interested in story. I've got this story, right? All right here's my story. I spent a month in Europe. I was really excited. I spent a month in Europe and during that trip and after that trip, when I was reflecting, I realized I don't really like to travel. Does that sound like a story possibility?
0: Absolutely. All right. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: right? Now- big change,
0: big realization at the end, travel. Right. And then I realized, you know what? I don't like it.
1: So instead of me asking you what you might tell somebody, let us let me throw it back and do it this way. I probably should have just asked you for a story idea in your life. So if you want to change it to that, that's cool. Like now you've got your story, you know what it's about or like the change and you kind of know like the stuff that happens, right? Like stuff happened. What are a couple of things you might start to do after that to take it from that idea to start, to, I guess we'll use the word craft it, right? Shape it, craft it. What are some stuff that you do?
0: One thing I do is I want the beginning to bookend with the end. Okay. Right? So if my ending is I realize I don't like to travel, maybe it's I don't like to travel anymore. I would try to find a beginning of the story where I love to travel or I'm really excited about travel. Travel is what I want to do. So so that makes the, the change bigger. The stakes of it become higher.
1: So you're saying if you can find an opposite.
0: Yes, that's what I I would try to.
1: Maybe that you can't always do that. It's not so neat, right? It's not always like so extreme. But let's use that as an example. You found that. So you start where you love to travel. And in your imaginary case here, because it's not applicable to you. You don't,
0: right? Okay, but um, let me also say this. Yeah. Let's say that you, you, I don't really care about travel one way or the other, but I'm going to go on this trip, and then at the end I find out I don't like to travel. Well, it's not that big a deal because you didn't care that much about it in the first place. But if you love to travel or you're really excited about traveling, then it is a bigger deal to to change. I mean, it's a bigger change.
1: But here's my question for you, and this might be a rabbit hole. so what? Like, so it's not a big change. So you don't care that much. Like, why is the audience? Do we need you a little bit? I kind of think some of these questions are a bit loaded, but sometimes I do wonder why does it have to be a big change?
0: It doesn't have to be big, but we're going to be more interested in the, in the audience. So this boils down to stakes. Mm -hmm. What's at stake? The more you love travel, the more is at stake. As you start traveling and things start happening that like, you're not really liking, you know, I love to travel. I want to go travel. And now I have to spend 24 hours on planes because we got laid over because of snow and like, I'm hating this, but I can't wait till I get there. And then you get there and your hotel, they don't have your reservation, you know, so things start happening that start interfering with your trip, right? you're so the stakes become higher i think it's going to be hard to have a story that you don't really care about because then we're not going to care about it right you know if the change is just sort of meh then i think the story is going to be kind of meh
1: and yeah and you're right you have to care
0: yeah we have to care
1: even if it's something that feels small you really want to get that egg omelet cooked right you don't want to screw it up you don't you want to and it's and you're it's for you and your family right like i the world's not ending if you get it wrong. Right. But if you care, I mean, like, if it's important to you to get it right, and that th- that could be a good story.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But if you're like, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the, the omelet is going to be digestible for my kids. Why are we listening? And it, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ah, okay, great. Like, that's what we would respond with. Like, okay, great. Now what? <laughs> okay, right? Like, the other thing, when you said stakes, it reminds me of something that we need tension.
0: To borrow from screenwriting, uh, you need intention, not tension, intention and obstacle.
1: Yeah. Or we say motiva- motivation would be another word, right? Intention. Yes.
0: For intention. Yes. Motivation. What is it that I want in the yeah. story? I have to want something, mm-hmm. right? And what's preventing me from getting it? That's yeah. what the stakes are.
1: And that could be internal or external or both. Absolutely. It could yeah. be an, a, a physical be, thing. Like you want to buy a new bowling ball, but it could just be, I want to relax. It could be, a me- oh, so you get play with that. Yeah. In your experience, when you hear stories that don't have tension, what are they, do they just never land? Are they just like blah?
0: I kind of tune out. You want the listener to be wondering what's going to happen next, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And if there's no tension, then we're not asking what's going to happen next because we don't really care.
1: I don't think everyone realizes. Well, that's why we're having these conversations. Right. That idea of what happens next is crucial.
0: Yeah, absolutely crucial. And
1: that can impact the way you actually craft every word you put on page or on the recorder or whatever your process is of. That's what you want us to be thinking. Ooh, I'm interested in this. What happens with this person and what's around the corner?
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm going to mention his name again, Matthew Dix. One yeah. of the things that he says is if your video fro- or your audio froze right. at this point in the story, really. would you want to hear the rest yeah, of it? would you want to hear it? When it came back, <laughs> you know, and if people are like, ah, it's okay, I don't need to hear it. Well, then you don't have a good story.
1: Right. But it is true. Once you start to think of it this way and then you listen to the moth or whatever you listen to stories on this podcast elsewhere – you do see some of these things. Oh, that is there. Oh, that is there. Oh, it's almost always, always there in these stories in some form.
0: Sure. In the one, well, especially if you find the stories that you like and
1: right. then you
0: say, why did I like that? Mm-hmm. Look at those. And then, you know, and then maybe there's going to be one, there's always one that you didn't like so much. Well, why mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. But What's missing from their story?
1: And then if you do that, you could be officially called a story geek.
0: Yeah, right. If you're really
1: starting to dive in. Final question about the craft. I've got a story idea. I've got stakes. And there's tension, conflict. All that stuff seems to be checked off. It's in my mind, I mean, but it's all there. What do I do to start crafting it?
0: Well, so this is the hardest part of the craft, right? Because there's a million things you can put in, Mm -hmm. and you have to choose which things are really relevant and which ones aren't. So- One thing I would say is in our story where I love to travel and then the shit hits the fan and I realize I don't like to travel anymore. I would narrow it down to one place, right? So because maybe you had a European trip and you went to England and France and Italy and we don't want to hear about all the different places. Yeah. I would try to narrow it down as much as possible. Keep this. Oh, another thing tremendously important about Crafting the story. When you're telling a story, I want to see a movie in my head of of where we are. I'm with you in the movie. I want to be in scenes. So there are scenes and summary. Mm-hmm. Summary is when you say, you know, when I was in seven, when I was seven years old, I was in second grade, and my teacher's name was blah blah blah. So scene is. I am seven years old and I'm sitting at my desk in my second grade classroom. Put us in that classroom and let us see it in our minds.
1: I feel like there's a lot of active verbs in your second example.
0: Yeah. And um, I'm telling it in the present tense. Right. Which puts it into a scene.
1: Mm -hmm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: I'm there now. I'm seeing it now. I'm there. I'm seven try to keep it um as focused in one area as possible your travel story okay let's focus on the bad things that happened in Paris and um and put it into scenes and usually things just work best in threes you know I would try to come up with three bad things that made me realize you know what I traveling sucks (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore So I would try to come up with three examples and I would try to put them all into scenes so Mm -hmm. that my audience is there with me, seeing what I'm seeing, hearing what I'm seeing.
1: Sounds like a good start. Like maybe by the second example, we'll know where it's going. So you could even play with that a little bit and mix in some good with the not so good, right? Sure. I mean, try to misdirect us a tiny bit. You want to still keep us on the edge of our seats here. Absolutely.
0: Misdirection is great because it leads to surprise and surprise is the best thing you can have in narrative in these personal narrative stories to me it's number 1 number 2 might be uh might be humor yeah for me number 1 is surprise if you can because i have been driving the car listening to stories on risk or the moth or whatever and literally my jaw dropped somebody said something and i i was just like oh my god i can't believe that you know, that that person said that or that that happened, or and often, often it's not like, uh, you know, a plane fell out of the sky. It's it's somebody said something that just
1: shocked me. They set it up. They
0: set it up. Yes. Yeah, so they started
1: that, the story with that exact comment, or it probably wouldn't work. You literally have to craft the story so that that becomes a holy shit moment.
0: Or they give it away.
1: You give it away, right? You give it away. So there's no surprise.
0: I mean, I remember this one story. It just stabbed me in the heart. I mean, this guy's walking down the street in New York. As he's walking down the street, there's some kids, you know, coming towards him. And he gets up to them. And they jump on him and stab him like seven times. Right? <laughs> like I'm looking at your eyes. Your eyes just popped up. I mean, it was so shocking the way he set it up and it happened because... You never he he did not make it look like it was going to be dangerous at all. And it was this totally random act of violence, you know, but it's just like, holy shit.
1: Yeah, it makes me think two things. One, again, though, you don't need those big things to happen for you to be surprised. It could be the smallest thing. Oh, yeah. But 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 the big stuff like I suppose getting stabbed (laughs) helps a little bit because it's like so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or uh, I mean, I I remember another one where. This girl who was white and she had this black boyfriend who she was totally in love with, just head over heels in love with this guy. After they'd been together for quite some time, she brought him home to, I don't know, Thanksgiving dinner or something. And while they're sitting there the mother isn't eating. The daughter says something about, you know, aren't you hungry? What's wrong? And the mother says something like, I will never eat again as long as you are with that N-word. And again, I was like, "Like I did not see this coming at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they were so in love and everything seemed mm-hmm. great and you know, and again, I just like shocked the hell out of me when it when it
1: happened. I don't want to geek out too much on the craft because I don't want to overwhelm people. But sure, it, it sure. Makes, no, no. But it, here's what I'm thinking. It makes me think if the person who wrote that story had set it up for the first few minutes, essentially saying my mother is a very racist person. <laughs> right. Then that's not a big surprise.
0: Right exactly
1: so it's not just that the thing happened that might be shocking it's actually how you craft it so that when we get there it's even more like whoa yeah um what stuff are you involved in within the story world coming up in the next month or so
0: well you know the moth has started up again so uh i'm planning in march the theme is luck which okay. uh, I was involved with gambling for 40 years. So I'm sure I'll have a- Professional gambling,
1: to be clear.
0: <laughs> yeah, luck a luck story or two. Uh, yeah, you
1: should have a few of them. Uh,
0: you know, there are a number of kind of storytelling shows around. I'm really loving this uh, thing that you and Stephanie Rogers started, the ninety nine second Story. I kind of am geeking out on that. And uh, there's a 99 second story slam every three or four weeks or so. So uh, I'll be crafting some. 99 second stories
1: Uh, richard's humble but he was uh in our grand slam recently we have several slams and we have two rounds in each slam and those who go to the second round go on to a grand slam the point being richard's been in a few of these 99 second slams and he's done well and he's been in the grand slam so it is a pretty cool format it really forces you to get super clear on some of this stuff. So that's why I'm, I, I see some 99s becoming bigger stories because they're so clear on what the story is and what the changes and the tension and the conflict and the stakes and blah, blah. And then you can develop it, develop it, write it more, craft it out, make it bigger, you know, more.
0: Yeah. Kinda the cool. other thing I would say is, you know, it is a great time to be a storyteller. I mean, yeah. like better at COVID really helped storytellers because now- I can do storytelling shows all over the United States on Zoom. That's where they all are.
1: So Pretty much most of them, yeah. Or yes. some, some virtual platform, right?
0: Yeah. It's a great time. If you want to tell stories or learn to tell stories, there's so much going on. And you'll learn a lot by listening to other people's stories.
1: Do you have, present company excluded, of course, a favorite storyteller?
0: Uh, I have two. Uh, My two favorite storytellers are Matthew Dix Mm -hmm. and Julie Baker.
1: What's one or two things about each of them that you really like in their story or their style or whatever else?
0: Well, with Matthew Dix, because he has thought about this stuff so deeply and and worked on it so hard, you can just see how well they're crafted. I learn things from listening to his stories. It gives me ideas about crafting of stories. Mm -hmm. And Julie just, um, she is very funny Mm -hmm. and does not take herself seriously, even though she has, you know, sometimes some really uh, heartbreaking or difficult stories or whatever, but it's never any of the, it's never any poor me or any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, she just has kind of a crooked outlook on life that's funny and she has a great way of of putting the stories together. And, and the other thing I like about her is, you know, we all kind of come up with these rules of storytelling and I think it's really important to break to learn the rules, but then you can break the rules. Yeah. She will often break the, what I think of as the normal kind of rules and, uh, and in a way that works. And I'm like, oh, she just did that and <laughs> it totally worked, you know?
1: Yeah. They are both very good. And you're right. There's a lot to learn from them and, or, or just to be entertained by one reason people listen to stories, you know, is, is to be entertained.
0: Well, and to feel
1: something. And to feel something. You already shared a a handful of very helpful things for people who are new to this or newish to this to figure out or try out. What if someone's in the middle, they've been doing it a little while. Do you have a pro tip?
0: This is really going to get geeky down into the weeds, but every sentence that you speak, has something called an operative word it is the most important word in that sentence got it it is most effective to put the operative word in the sentence at the end where i often see people make a mistake especially if it's a line that's going to get a laugh that word is the word that's going to make them laugh and if you put it in the middle of the sentence They're already laughing and they don't hear the end of the sentence.
1: And your words become wasted after that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they don't hear it. So you want to make sure you put the operative word at the end of the sentence.
1: So that's interesting. Yeah, I won't put you on the spot and ask for examples because that might be tricky, but operative word at the end.
0: The example of the guy, you know, where he's walking down the street and these guys jump him and stab him seven times. You know if he had just included more in that sentence they they jump on top of me, stab me seven times, and I start rolling on the ground or whatever you know you need to like say you got stabbed and then take a moment of silence. Yeah. that's the other thing silence is is just uh it's golden. Don't be afraid to stop and just not say anything to let something land yeah.
1: yes, it is vital, yep. It's vital. That's vital. Remember, uh, we don't have the luxury of reading something and then putting the book down like you would with a book or even a podcast. You could actually stop it. And it's a little annoying on Spotify, but you can go back. Yeah. If it's live and you're yeah, then we don't have that. So what are the moments in which you want to let us sort of catch up or even just take it in? Yeah, so true. Because man, when you have those, yeah, people flying through, you just don't have quite. Usually, you just don't have the chance to catch up or let yeah. it.
0: You know, uh, I thought of another pro tip. Pro tip number two. So people think a lot about the crafting of the story, right? And some people write it out and try to memorize it or whatever, but they don't think about as as much about uh, the performance of the story. Just like your radio has knobs for volume and bass and treble um, we have knobs for volume tempo and pitch you can literally go through your story and think about when to raise your voice and when to lower your voice and when to speed up and slow down and mm-hmm. get louder and softer all of those things that that just make your story more dynamic to the listener
1: yeah it's a good tip it's it's right it probably wouldn't be the first thing you'd share with a new class.
0: Oh, right. no, I wouldn't get into that level. for beginners, but...
1: But right now, it's a pro tip.
0: That's why well, it's pro.
1: Loose, they would called pro or, you know, <laughs> advanced. All right, Mr. Munchkin, what else you got? Anything?
0: No, I guess that's it. Just, you know, get out you there and tell anything? a story.
1: Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to Mr. Richard Munchkin out in Las Vegas. Really appreciate you coming on the show today. If you have a question or a comment or want to reach out in any way for whatever reason, hello at storygrit.com. You can also message us on our Facebook page at True Stories That Matter. Oh, and one last thing. If you listen on Apple, help us out. Rate and review this podcast. It really helps people find it. As always, thanks so, so much for your support. Check out the show notes for Kurt's upcoming class or Grit's upcoming 99 Second Story Slam. That's it for now. Boom.